This is The Left Field on ABC Grandstand Digital. Hello and welcome to The Left Field on ABC Grandstand Digital. This is the sports show that pokes fun from the sidelines. My name is Simon Morgan and joining me as always in the studio and giving it their 110% are the Black Swan and our nation's first lady of sport, Mika Bucken. Oh, I like that title. I like that. We're going to be giving it 100% today, but it's going to be a husky 100%. We've all got a bit of husk in our voices today. 110%. 110. 110. Today, Today on the show, we talk about when animals attack in sport... When sports betting goes bad, victory celebrations, Easter sports and ridiculous sporting injuries. Those stories and more on The Left Field. This is The Left Field. The Left Field. Now, there comes a time in sport when the animal kingdom decides to turn on us during <laughs> the game. And it's uh, happened recently just again in Queensland, Mika. Yeah, we, uh, you brought this story to my attention. I, I saw the, the pictures over the weekend. Brown Snake and the, um, the Titans and the uh, North Queensland Cowboys NRL game. A brown Snake made its way to, onto the field during the game. No, and hardly is. anyone noticed. But my, yeah. And I know we're, not, we're meant to be talking about when animals attack, but I'm going to go in a different direction, actually, because th- my favourite part of this story wasn't that there was a venomous snake on the field and that could have changed the complexion of the, the game dramatically. Not just a venomous snake, the second most <laughs> venomous snake, the land snake on the world. On the, in the world. The second oh, yes. most venomous land snake on the world. So not just any yeah. snake. All right, so, Please continue. So someone's life could have really, really taken a turn for the worse oh, yeah. in the middle of that game. But my favourite part of this story was the post-match press conference. And Greg Bird, like, he's just, he is such a quintessential Aussie guy. Like, if you had to paint a picture of, of what the... You know, like the the ideal and the, the typical rugby league player is there's just something about Greg Bird. It's the way he walks around the field and he's just such an Aussie bloke. And his quote, he was in the press conference and he didn't know about the snake. He was like, there's a snake out there, really? He thought someone was pulling his leg. And he said, God, I wish I'd known. I could have gotten bitten, had a lie down. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so Aussie. I love it. That's, but, that's not a lie down you're getting up from, though. That's, no, that's a long nap, mate. That's a long, painful nap. But that, that actually, I know we're meant to be talking about animals, but it makes me think, like, what, who would be my ideal Aussie athlete of all time? Like, my favourite Aussie athlete. And I was thinking, okay, Adam Goods, he's Order of Australia, interviewed him recently, just cracking bloke, super, super nice. And I was like, Greg Inglis, I love watching him play. Like, love it. Like, watching him stride down the field like a big, powerful gazelle is just a thing of beauty. But then I thought, who, my favourite is actually one of the chicks. One of the ultimate Aussie chicks. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's hear it. Seven-time world champion, Lane Beachley, surfer. She's an ama- She's got such a great story. She basically, at 22, she was number two in the world but couldn't afford to go on the world surfing tour. She was working 70 hours a week in a pub, and it wasn't until the publican went, you know what, you want to be number one? Here's the, here's the money for your around-the-world plane ticket. And then she went off and became number one seven times. Respect. Uh, respect. Respect. But she talks about how the guys used to try and bully her <laughs> off the waves all the time. She was like, no. Nah. No, I'm going to do this. So anyway, she's my favourite. Black Swan, mm. in, these, in these circumstances, uh, under pressure on the field, when you've got snakes, small stray dogs coming <laughs> at you, all, all the history of when animals attack, who is, who is your Australian icon who stands oh, up listen, to the challenge? Listen, I'm a big fan of Pat Cash. Yeah. In the 80s, Pat Cash, he had the headband. Yeah. Yes. And it was one of those wraparound kind of... Oh. Martial arts looking. That was band. iconic. There were, mm. there were armies, armies of people wearing those things, those checkerboard headbands. Yes, that's right. I love the name, Pat mm. Cash. Yeah, it's just sound <laughs> money. I only found out that his middle name was Hart. 
H-A-R-T. Pat Hart Cash. Mm. I don't, he should have gone with that. Hart Cash is pretty good. I know. And, um, you know, he was just famous for everything. He's five set. Five set marathons in the Davis Cup. His seven percent body mass index, body yes. fat mass index, or whatever it is. <laughs> I yes, know. He, when and when we had champions like Ivan, you know, Ivan Lendl, mm. Lindenberg, and Becker, you know, tough, you know, superstars yeah. of the games during the eighties. You know, Pat was there doing his best for Australia, and that's what I love. Yeah, it was good, it was and, good. And, he, and he just he had sort of some some fire in him, didn't he? Mm. Yes, he did. And he, he set the tradition too, Wimbledon, where he was the first guy to you know, climb up into the players' box, and now they all do it. Yeah. So he, he was the, uh, you know, the first He rock, was the pioneer. He's, he was the first rock star. True that. hero. True <laughs> hero. For, for me, mm. John Eels. Oh, Come on. can jump in a line out. Listen, this man, I've met the man. Mm. Uh, he, well, he is like a gentle giant, a mm. personal hero. Always kept his cool on the field with, you know, golden era for the Wallabies. Two World Cups, very polite in the scrum. A soft-spoken landmass of a man, I <laughs> Very think. polite yeah. in the scrum. Yes. How do you know he was How polite? You know Did that? someone well, say he offered me some tea and just, scones? This is the this is the rumours you hear around. <laughs> that he was polite. But, you know, as, going back to the original story. That's can, such a random thing to say, but like he was that. a polite. Well, he was, And also whenever, and, and you know, during when there was a lot of pressure when he was up mm. against the All Blacks in the box and there was a bit of, you know, fingers in the, in, mm. in the rucks and so forth... <laughs> And he would go and talk to the ref afterwards. Mm. He, he never lost his cool. He was never always lost. very, very yeah. straight. Excuse me, sir. He's been doing it all day, sir. Very <laughs> nice. I'm with you. Eelsie's good value. He's great value. But I was thinking about him with the, you know, like being threatened by something on the field. And mm. I, I, can you just imagine if a feral water buffalo came onto the field? Yeah. I can just imagine <laughs> John Eels just in aggression-style wrestling move taking this water buffalo. Yeah. Mind you, not hurting the animal because he's no. a very gentle man. No. And taking it Polite, down. Politely taking it if he'd, t- if he'd seen that brown snake, he would have said, excuse me, sir, you're in my way. That's right. Can you go back up your drain pipe, please? Mm, back. <laughs> You're on the left field. This is the left field. The left field. You're on the left field. ABC Grandstand Digital with the Black Swan, Mika and Simon. And how many times have you had a punt on a game and you thought you'd paid off only to realise you got it wrong? Well, in the UK, a 19-year-old uni student partied with family and friends in his local pub when he thought he'd won a million pounds after predicting 14 football scores only to find out the next day he went to collect, he'd filled out the wrong betting slip. Guys, how would you feel? Oh, so, so he's picked the 14 games right, but he's used the wrong form. Absolutely. And so that's just completely invalid. Totally. Even though they've accepted his money on the other form. Yeah, well, it was only a pound. Right. One pound. He had to get 14 games correct. He got them all correct. He yep. was actually at the pub at his local with yep. about 30 friends. Yeah. Uh, the final whistle went off. They all partied. He so was literally, just, they're, they're, yeah. they're with him. They're like, oh my yeah. God, that's 14. And so they're probably all drinking up a storm on him, are they? Because they think he's going to win. So how much did he win? <laughs> Nothing. No, but what was what was he going to win? He was going to win a million pounds. So million $2 million? Pounds. Yeah, absolutely, $2 million. Pounds. It's a oh. big sob story. Mm. What would you do with $2 million? If, okay, in, in a sporting arena, in a sporting mm. sense, if you had $2 million to spend, Black Swan, what, what would you spend $2 million on? If, if sport, what, what would you spend yeah, it on? Yeah, I'd be, I'd be front row tickets to the NBA playoffs. I'd be right next to Jack Nicholson and probably have Spike Lee on my other side. That would be very cool. I'd be watching the whole series. I'd be travelling around the States. That would be interesting yeah. conversation, mm. Black Swan, you, mm. Jack, and uh, Spike having a bit of a chat. What would you have a chat about, do you reckon? No, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, try, just probably just hang out a bit, have some laughs. Yeah. You would. You know, hey, Spike, shall we make some incendiary um, counterculture film together? Yeah. You could enjoy that. You yeah. could make a sport film with Spike Lee. It'd be quite interesting. I could, yeah. With I mean, Jack. That would be that would be the ultimate NBA playoffs. You know? Get get Jack to play the coach in the film. Yeah, 
Mix, what would you do? All right, mine's mine's a little bit more ridiculous than that, which is probably a, no surprise to anyone. So I've got this this idea. This is a tennis themed dream. Yeah. Uh, you know Bora Bora. So you see those those lovely sort of. This is so random. You know you know you see those pictures yeah. of the Kardashians. Every paparazzi photo has them at Bora Bora in one of those little huts over the ocean. Yes. yes. Well, I would like to make a tennis court on one of those things. So basically, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I love my tennis. So basically, make a tennis court in paradise. Yes. And, and not you know. And obviously, there's going to be a fair degree of dredging and you know practicality involved that's going to make this difficult. But I'm committed, so I'm going to build the tennis court, and then they will come. And by they, I mean my favourite tennis players of all time to play in the world's oh, most yes. outrageous, amazing doubles. I get to play doubles with some of my heroes. Yeah. So he's he's who's going to be on the on the court with me. So I'm going to get Pat Rafter, your mate, Rafa. Martina Navratilova, and then Rafa Nadal. So the four of us are going to play. But then the ball boys. Now this is where the fun's going to be. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Connors and Johnny McEnroe, I want them to be ball boys. Yeah, nice. Anna Kornikova can be on drinks. Oh, yes. Uh, Mats Willander can be the umpire. That's how I'm going to spend my two million. Seriously, though, to get them all there and build it, probably be more like 200 million. But I'm just, I'm a dreamer. I don't think so. I think they'd all be into it. I think they'd all (laughs) want to come along for a bit of fun, really. I can't see why they wouldn't be paid for it. Well, well, yeah, of course. And also, I mean, clearly I'm just so much fun to be around. They'd be like, I'll wave my feet for this particular dream to come to. Fruition. I was about to mention that. <laughs> uh, I think I think you can make it happen. I think Andre Leconte could be the MC as well. Oh, so you're putting yourself in there? No, oh no, uh, Andre Leconte. Andre Leconte, he'd be yeah. there. He'd be the um, yeah, he'd be the MC. I used to have a big crush on him. How did I miss that? I loved mm. that cheeky Frenchman. Yes, he's fun. <laughs> Two million dollars. I tell you what, I would be doing. I'm finding it harder to get down to the snow. You know, I'm a very keen snowboarder. Yeah. I'm going to bring the snow to me. I'm going to go down to Sydney Park, that big hill there. I'm going to turn that into a man-made snow track. I want to turn that oh into one God. of those those like glass snow souvenir domes. Yeah. That's what I yeah. want to do. And Black Swan, I know that you can take. Oh me my up. gosh, I love it. You put it, the whole thing becomes a yeah, snow globe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Snow yeah. globe kick, in Sydney Park, that big kick, hill. Do you know how popular you would become if you created yeah, yeah. that? Would, oh, I, tell are, you. Are you I mean, not that you're not already. I know you've got lots of friends. <laughs> wasn't trying to intimate anything, but... Are you kicking the kids out? Yeah, kicking yeah, yeah. the kids out. It's, it's competitive. It's, oh, is it? So yeah. you can have races. Well, every time, look, I think every, every time I went snowboarding with my mates... You know, you go down, you go down, you go down for you know just guys hanging out snowboarding. Yeah. But as you're going down the snow, you, you just in the corner of your eye, you're seeing your other guy, and you're like, "I'm going to take him. I'm yeah. going to take him." And I that's love where, it. I know it's going to happen. It's like you know, getting it on, getting yeah. it on. Black Swan, I want to see you on the slopes. Yeah, I want to take that's you down. Cool. I'll do a 360. Yeah, for sure. I'll just wear my Apre outfit and kind of wave and clap. Mm. <laughs> I'm not good on the snow. <laughs> if it's competitive, we're talking about it. You're on the left field. The Left Field on ABC Grandstand Digital. This is The Left Field on ABC Grandstand Digital. It is a show that pokes fun from the sidelines and we all know that feeling at the final whistle blow when we celebrate that victory. But what about when the victory celebrations go too far? Mm, can they go too far? I don't think I so. I don't think they, no. but, but I know that everyone doesn't agree with me or you. No, no. There's um one of my favourite ones was back in 2010. There was a post goal celebration between um well Mon- Montenegro and Switzerland playing a playing a uh, qualifier, <laughs> yes. and this guy Mirko Vicinic, he uh, won. Wonderfully chipped the keeper, yeah. scored the it's goal. Great, great goal. Normally, you know, they tend to rip their shirt off and go for a bit of a run. Yeah, he mm. ripped his shorts off. 
Yeah. <laughs> and put the shorts on his head. Ooh, jock a, sweat in your head. Yeah, and he went for a run. I love this one, Black Swan. I remember. <laughs> and he was so, like, he, all his teammates were, like, trying to hug him when he had no pants on. He was, like, pushing him off, like, no, I must do my victory lap with my pants on my head. So was it, like, all the way over his head, like the kid with the bucket in Parenthood, the movie? You know that Steve Martin no, no, film no, where no, he no. runs around with a bucket on his head all the time? It was like the, the it was like a hat. So it was more like a hat. Yeah. Like right. a hat. <laughs> and, and this is the thing. Normally, yellow carpet taking your shirt. Off. He only got a yellow card for his pants. <coughs> for his pants. That should be a send off. That's a red card. I don't need to see I you meat and potatoes <laughs> after you've been running around all day. I think it was red. I think it was a red card. I think so. Too. That's Absolutely. a sackable offence. I was a bit disappointed with the undies. I was expecting something else, a little bit more, you know, interesting. Sex. Interesting. What did he just have like uh, white wife fronts on yeah, or something? Yeah, just your just your common garden yeah, yeah. variety wife fronts. Yeah. You think it have a message on there, really? If you play in Montenegro <laughs> yeah, as well, right. yes. If you're going right. to go that effort, mm. like gorgeous George. He always has sexy undies. George Rose. (laughs) He always has sexy undies with little patterns on them and stuff. Um, I'll I'll tell you one of my favourites. Actually, two of my favourites. So 2003 was when I was living in America. And and in the NFL at that particular time, that was the golden era of goal celebrations. So in in their case, touchdown celebrations. Mm -hmm. Now, the first one that that blew up was a guy called Terrell Owens, who's a wide receiver. And he sort of had a habit of scoring a couple of touchdowns a game. So he had to keep sort of raising the bar about how he celebrated. He's, you know, he's a flamboyant character. Um, so, and he'd said to his mum and his kids, he said, you know, stay by the phone because if I score, you know, a second goal, I'm going to give you a call. I'm going to be so excited, literally. So he's, he's, scored, he's run down the field and... No, no, no. I'm mixing my stories up. Okay, so Terrell Owens runs down the field and scores a touchdown and then pulls a pen out of his sock, signs the ball and hands it to his financial controller sitting in the suite by the field. Right. But how dangerous running around with a bloody pen down your sock? That, mm. that could have been a, that could have been one of our uh, ridiculous sporty injuries we'll be talking about later on the show. But that I is know. a bit dangerous. That's really but dangerous. I, I'm not, I don't like this story, Mika. I find no. it a bit. It's not very sporting. It's more sort of businessy, really. It's it's yeah. It's not, He's not, making money. So not, uh, not a good yeah, feeling yeah, story. Yeah. And and then I've mixed my story up because the other one that followed that the week later, a wide receiver for the New Orleans Saints yes. scores says yes. says to his mum, he's the one that said to his mum, stay by the phone. But where was the phone? So the phone was actually stuffed underneath the padding that was attached to the goalpost. Okay. So he scored his so, second touchdown, and his go- his teammate has literally reached into the padding, handed him the phone, and his it was in the era of flip phones. Two thousand three yeah. mm. opens his flip phone and calls his mum from the field. So yeah. um, after that, they started banning that's, that's those. Impressive. Yeah, they they started banning the the touchdown Did celebrations. They, really? that, the, the telling of those stories didn't go quite as well as I wanted, no, but no. you know but the gist we, we was got, in there. We got there. I'm we just there. I'm, I'm surprised that he he <laughs> didn't have the phone on his person and maybe a little bit relieved. But how would you feel if you'd gone to all that trouble? That someone had crashed into into the, well that mm. that's actually why they ended up banning it because mm. you could actually the the padding all of a sudden becomes slightly less useful because you've got a hard object inside the padding mm. but imagine the preparation that would have had to go into stashing that thing in there because they would have had it would have had to be stealth mm. like they, they would have had to like James br- bond like mm. bribe a water boy or something mm. I wonder how they got it in mm. there that's elaborate forward thinking yeah it is for, for any it's all, almost too much yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, well, the, recently this story came to light because uh, I just noticed uh, the um, West Indies at the T20 when they uh, won the semi-finals against us. Uh, um, there was the Gangnam style, uh, <laughs> but it was a new Gangnam style, which actually <laughs> frightened me a little bit. If you have, if you've seen images of Chris Gale's face, yeah, that's anger. He's that's ang- that's pumped. angry Gangnam style. Yeah, 
It's and a bit of a haka kind of mix, really. Well, it was more like a. He say, wasn't just riding that po- pony. He was he like was. he was he was kind of maybe abusing that pony. He was. He was... <laughs> I wake up. I wake up at night in sweats, thinking about Chris Gale's face from that moment. It's it's, it's disturbed me. You know what? Quite. I, I've seen that video as well. You know what was also disturbing? He obviously can't find pants long enough. Like his track pants only come halfway down his calf. <laughs> And he's wearing thongs out there. What's going on? Did he even play that game? I don't even know. He was wearing thongs. He was on the <laughs> during those celebrations. He wasn't in in the in uniform. He no, was, he's just in his casual half trackies. Mm, mm. <laughs> Black Swan victory celebrations that stand out in your mind? Well, there was a good one. Maurice Green, you know, back in the nineties, sprint star. When he mm. finished one of his races, he um, he he started jumping up and down like something was wrong. Like his feet were on fire. <laughs> ripped, his, ripped his shoes off. Threw him to the ground, and one, some guy from the sideline side of the track came on in with a fire extinguisher and gave it, gave it the uh, you know, put, put, his, really? put his shoes out. Yeah, right. Whoa. So it was a lot of, lot of fun and hijinks for uh, in the uh, sprinting game. And then there's obviously Usain Bolt, you oh. know, with his lightning bolt. Mm. So, and seriously, if he didn't win as much as he did, you would think he was the world's biggest wanker. <laughs> you would. <laughs> this is the left field. The left field. <laughs> You're listening to The Left Field on ABC Grandstand with Simon, Mika and the Black Swan. And we're already in April for 2014. Can you believe it, guys? Which means Easter. And that means Easter sport. Yes, I want to start off with a bit of a traditional sport um, in Easter. Something you love? Something I love in Australia. It's a store gift. It's a running sport. Okay, I, I get the I get the history. Like this thing's been around for 133 years, yes. which is a big deal. Hang so on, I, I'm not so up to speed with this. Black Swan, what is the, what, what is, is the, yeah. what is this talking? Okay, well, 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 every every Easter weekend, the Stall Athletic Club in Melbourne, oh, in Victoria, mm. they uh, they have their their fine their their running event. It's gone, you know, it's back in it's a 120 meter race. Mm. Yeah, and there's oh, a handicap involved, isn't there? And it's involved. run on grass. Run on grass, and it's up a slight gradient, and it welcomes, I guess, amateurs and also some international. So it's like the FA Cup of 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 racing. So basically, you don't have to be the best in Australia to race against the best, because your handicap can put you in the field, right? Yeah, you're handicapped, and it's a beautiful little ground, and it's uh, I don't know. There's something even a bit Wimbledon about it because of the grass and because of the the, the the lovely grounds. It's Magical. All, it's all quite picturesque, and it's. Uh, it's, uh, you know... So, and, so you're and, a fan. I'm a fan. People bet on it as well. Right. Which gives me, gives me that sort of Australian Anzac Day 2-up feel as well. Yes, yes. And I, I was reading about it, and I, I've got my reservations about the store gift myself, but I was reading up. I was trying to convince myself that it, it was awesome. And um, so Yana Pittman's going to run in the 400-metre version this year, which is, is great. So, you know, she's, she's won a couple of world championships. You know, she's just been at the Winter Olympics, and now she wants to go to Rio, so this is part of her preparation. So she's going to be there, which is awesome. Um... Then we've got Olympic Games 400 metre gold medalist uh, sprinter John Stevenson or Stephenson. Uh, he signed up for the 550 metre handicap event. So there's going to be some stars there. Mm. But I still, I've got to admit, I'm, a, I'm not sold on this handicapping business. Why? Tell us, mate. Come on, let us have it. I understand there's a lot of tradition involved, but I just I think. If you're the fastest, don't you just want to be the fastest? Don't you want to be, you know, because if some guy's chased you down from 120 metres and you've only beaten him by an inch, he's faster than you. Mm. That's it. Mm. Although one thing that I do quite like is um, the fastest Australian woman of all time is now racing against the men in the stall gift, which is the 120 metre race. Um, and that's quite exciting. So Melissa Breen apparently is going to attempt to be the first woman to ever make the semi-finals. So I can get behind that. But still... 
if she's running off 60 metres and she gets beaten by someone coming from 120 metres, what's the point? Mm. I don't I don't really get it. Black Swan, do well, you want to reply to this? Well, I like a head start. I, don't, I have no problem with You'll that. You'll take it, yeah. but you're a competitive <laughs> runner. Do you really want to run like... Do you want to win like that? I want to no. win from scratch. No, no, I'm happy to give people a head start and, and then mow them down. Yeah, right. Right. There's, there's a sense of, you know... It's look, that dark side no, of you. I love yeah, Black Swan. No, not only can I win the race, but, you know... Yeah. If I took you from behind, it was, uh, you know... It was You'd what? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do? All right. Well, I, okay, I'm not sold on the store gifts. All right. I reckon we should make up our own um, Easter sport. Absolutely. There should be an Easter sport. There needs to be more sport for Easter. Like a, bunny racing or something. There is a gap in the market. Well, we could No, have... I'm going to get in trouble. Bunny racing. Just, <laughs> we... I love... I no, am no, a bunny no. fan and I don't, I don't know about racing bunnies. Well, no, what we can do is, like the store gift, we mm. can just... We can get somebody dressed up in a bunny suit. <laughs> a Bugs Bunny fluffy suit. Yeah. Someone very fast. <laughs> someone who's, who's, who's very hard to catch. And But Usain Bolt, you put Usain Bolt in a bunny suit, yeah. and, and that might actually hamper his ability to run as fast as he possibly can. So that actually might even things out a little bit. This is the left field. The left field. Yes, you are listening to the left field here on ABC Grandstand, and we all know that injury can taint a sporting life, but sometimes the nature of that injury can be questionable. Well, this is exactly this is exactly right. Now we started talking about this because um, I've worked with Brad Fittler a bit over the last sort of year, and and he, you know, he's come back from from you know retirement to play in the Auckland Nines. He's made his intercept um, t- try. I wanted to say touchdown then. Mm. Um, and, the, and the worst thing he came back with was a corked thigh. Mm. I found out yesterday he's walking into the surf at Bondi a couple of days ago and just broken his foot. Just walking in. Just walking in. He wasn't even doing anything specky, which made me think about you know. You know, we were talking about this going, well, times with athletes get stupid injuries that aren't even game related. So, so, have you got one? Well, there's so many of them. There's one guy, um, <laughs> there's one guy, uh, Philip Maxis, is playing for playing the Champions League this year for mm. AC Milan, and he he's uh, he's a bit famous for uh, having a, a you know a wonderful tan, Philip. And yeah, right. <laughs> But he had to come off. Bit of time after, in the sunbed. Yes, and that's what happened. He had a sunbed injury. He, was, <laughs> he had to come off the game, come out of the game early because there's something wrong with his vision and his eyes from overuse of the sunbed. Like, yeah, right. So he's burnt his retina out with all that yeah. UV. Yeah, I, I just, I just love that term you just made up, Black Swan. A sunbed injury. Yeah. <laughs> There's, well, there's one that's kind of also heat-related that, that I remember, and there was a, a Rangers ice hockey player called Kirk Broadfoot, and he was he cooked himself a lovely plate of microwaved poached eggs, Ooh. and was like, so literally so is which I mean doesn't sound particularly appetising. I'm hoping he's put some chives on the top or something nah. kind of salt and peppery, but anyway, so he's he's poached his eggs in the microwave and gone to eat them, and they've literally one of them's exploded in his face. Ooh. And it's like scalded his face. And hot he's a, yolk. Yeah, hot yolk. He's no on, joke. The yolk's on him. <laughs> the yolk's on him. Sorry, did I just steal your mind? Did you have a, another yeah, favourite? Yeah, favourite. <laughs> Sasha, Sasha Bender. Sasha Bender played for a good, good name, this one. He played for the Stuttgart Kickers in the in the second division in Germany. Did he have a bender? Oh, uh, yeah. A bit, a bit of that. He, had, he, he, got, he got a nasty facial injury. He got punched mm. in the face by his own teammate. Whoa. His teammate was Christian Okpala, and uh, to explain his violent outburst, he said that uh, he was provoked, and he'd been permanently harassed by um, by, <laughs> by by Bender farting all the time. Whoa. What? 
We're cheering matches. That's going to distract in, you, though. In Maybe the locker room, in the eggs. locker room, everywhere. Driving, back, driving home from the training ground. If, I play a lot of netball. If yeah. I was, and I, I play shooter and goal attack. If my goal defender or keeper was right next to me, I don't care if you're my teammate or not. If you're farting in my face while I'm trying to shoot, I would be very unhappy. That's, that's, it's enough, it's distracting and you're under, oh, under the pressure. Especially on the if they... Imagine if they're having Indian and eggs all the time. Mm, poached eggs. Sure. They just repeat on you. Terrible. Oh, oh my God. Terrible. Would you throw one down, though? That's, that's, but would that's, you biff them? Would, would you biff them? That's a good point. I would probably, um, I'd wipe a sweaty armpit on them or something. I'd, I'd return the favour. It would have to be something revolting. Oh, note to self, do not offend me. No, I'm, I'm trying to think of, okay, so there's another, um, there's another like crazy sporting injury that I remember. It's um, uh, Alex Stepri. I don't know if you remember him. He was a Manchester United defender and um, he was so angry. He was so angry at his um, fellow defenders. They weren't playing well. He shouted so loud. He broke his own jaw. <laughs> yeah. crazy. Ow. crazy, crazy. Well, did you hear about uh, former Aston Villa and England forward uh, Darius Vassell? When you've got a blister on your foot, how would you normally pop it? Would you sort of squeeze it with the tweezers yeah. or something? I'd probably lance it with something like a needle. Yeah, how about a, Maybe how about, a stitch ripper? Yeah, whatever. Cordless drill. <laughs> yeah, right. Did he really do that? True story. True story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Seriously. And then, funny enough, had to go and get an operation. Well, did, how far into his foot did he drill? Well, they just said that he had to get part of his toenail removed and it was all oh. sort of, it was very, very messy. Oh my God, my face. Oh. Yes. Um, which, which just goes to prove something that we say on this show all the time. Just because someone is good at sport does not mean they are good at life. This is The Left Field. The Left Field. <laughs> You've been listening to The Left Field on ABC Grandstand with the Black Swan and the First Lady of Sport, Mika Buckan, and myself, Simon Morgan. You can catch the show on abc.net.au through the podcast, or you can also find us on iTunes. We'll catch you next time.